All right, what's going on, everybody? How you doing? I'm laughing because you're only seeing the audio. We're doing video here, or at least I'm taping video with my guest today, which, by the way, this is a bonus Wednesday episode. We are doing the second of what's going to be six Buffalo Bills mock drafts every Wednesday between now and April 29th, the real NFL draft. I had him out last week. I got him back again. He's bobbing his head to the beat in the background. He kind of answered my question for me, though. Aaron Quinn, cover one. What's going on? I was going to ask you, man. This is kind of smooth music I found uh, that I got licensed as opposed to that rock music, man. It's just a little that's a little too hard for me. This is kind of smooth and mellow. What do you think? I'm a smooth and mellow kind of guy. I think you know that. I'm an R&B guy, jazz, like jazzy hip-hop. So this is right. I'm, I'm feeling it, man. It's setting the mood just right. Yeah, it's a good little vibe, man. I like it. So again, we're doing our second of what's going to be six Buffalo Bills mock drafts. For anyone who did not listen last week, let me just kind of set the rules up a little bit here. We didn't do trades in week one. We're not going to do trades today. We will do trades in a future mock draft. And we're using the draftnetwork.com to simulate the other 31 teams. So it's not like we could talk things out and say, well, I love this guy, this guy. They might not be there. And Aaron will be doing the picks in real time. Well, the computer will be simulated in real time. And then we'll be making our Bills picks. And I'll let you know some of the key guys that the Bills probably would have been considering that are off the board. So now that I got that out of the way, let's recap quickly our Bills mock draft from last week, week one. We went running back Travis Etienne from Clemson in the first round. Got a lot of feedback on that, by the way. More than that in a second. Um, In the second round, we got Landon Dickerson, an interior offensive lineman from Alabama. In the third round, we took Tyler Shelvin, defensive tackle from LSU. No fourth round pick for the Bills this year because of the Stephon Diggs trade. They got two in the fifth. We took Marlon Williams, a receiver from UCF. And then we took a safety, Reed Blankenship, a safety from uh, Middle Tennessee. Sixth round, Chris Rumpf, the second, a defensive end from Duke. And then was it, or actually, is that a seventh rounder? I, I can't remember. Anyway, he was picked 213. I remember that. And Marco Wilson rounded out the crop, a corner from the University of Florida. We took him in the seventh round. Let me start here. We've had a full week now to kind of digest that mock. And again, this is a fun exercise and it, it is in real time. So we don't know who's even going to be available. So it's not like you could pre-plan this mock too much in advance, but having a week to digest that and sit down in a little bit. What did you think of that mock? I like the mock. Um, I feel like I usually start my day after a few other routines. I'll get on Draft Network and rip up a mock uh, before I get really going with my day every day. And I'd still be comfortable today if I got that result. I think I would still take that and post it to my Twitter. Like I, I was pretty comfortable with it. I've had better mocks than that. I think that shake out better for what I would want to see the Bills get for 2021. Uh, but I'd be happy with that haul. We'll talk about it a little bit tonight. Those last three picks, pretty much everyone for me is still just a bit of a crapshoot. Like I'm looking positionally, the players and not so much. I'm looking at maybe some guys that are going to be projects that we can get in. But those first three picks, I'm trying to find how can the Bills maximize 2021 production on the way to hopefully a Super Bowl run now versus maybe some of the projects that are going to take a little longer and we'll fill a need years from now. So I'm trying to find that balance in my mocks. Before we get to our second mock, I want to spend some time talking about those first three picks. And let me say this too. I've been studying pretty hard over the last week or so, because once you got to that fourth, fifth round, I'm I'm like, I'm, this is just throwing darts against the wall to me. Like I might've maybe heard the name, but I don't know the first thing about the player. In fact, Chris Rumpf and Marco Wilson, I had literally never even heard of, but I'm getting better. And I'm spending a lot of time getting to know these guys and and watching YouTube clips and doing a lot of reading up on them from a lot of experts out there, whether they're Buffalo people or national people. The two positions, well, actually three, that I do want to spend a few minutes talking about based on your mock. Well, let's start with running back because the one move that the Bills did make since last week, since our mock, was they added a running back to the room, Matt Breida, who is, uh, he's a, He's an let's say he's an interesting player. I, I think that's what it is because he has the kind of skill set that the Bills, I think, covet. But at the same token, Aaron, <laughs> he was out there. There were 31 other teams that knew he was out there. They know how fast he can run. They know what he brings to the table. And two of those 31 teams he's played for, 
weren't really interested. He only got a one-year pretty much veteran minimum deal from the Bills. So let's start there. What what are your thoughts on him as a player? What are your thoughts in terms of if you think in any way he's definitely not going to completely exclude the Bills from drafting running backs? So we'll save our time with that. But how much do you think it makes it less likely that the Bills would draft a running back, whether it's the first, second, or third round or whatever? So I'll frame that to you. Your thoughts on him and what you think it might do in terms of affecting the draft. So I don't think it affects the draft at all. I think bringing a guy like him, even though he fills a hole with some of what they need, I don't know that he's a pass catching running back. Like I thought that they needed like a James White type. I think that he's just more speed, which is what they don't have. I agree that they're looking for that trade of speed. Clearly, with bringing McKenzie back and some of the other additions of these just kind of speedy guys that are on street free agency right now. So I think it does fill a need in case the board doesn't go their way or in case something doesn't go their way to get another top end talent. This move to me is similar to Levi Wallace. Like, can I go through 2021 with Matt Breida as running back number three with getting some significant looks and trying to get him the ball? Totally. Can I get through the season? with Levi Wallace and Dane Jackson rotating at cornerback too? Definitely. If I have the chance at 30 to get a guy that's going to be a game changer, neither one, those names don't prevent me from making a move at the top end of my roster where I know that I can improve. And I don't know if the board's going to fall where three cornerbacks are off the board and the edge rushers have all come off the board and you're looking at uh, Harris, Najee Harris, and ATN sitting there staring you in the face, and there's maybe some other needs, but they just don't match that player value. Your roster's pretty filled out where I think that you can kind of pick your poison still, and I think that's what the burrito move does is we don't know how the draft is going to shake out, but no matter how it shakes out, we're comfortable going into 2021 with the groups that we have in free agency pretty much across the board so that we don't need, you know, it, it's a long way of saying go for best player available. And I think there's a good chance that one of these running backs is going to be the best player available. I'm not sure any of them get drafted in the first round, but I don't think all three of those top three running backs are getting drafted in the first round, unless a team like the bill says that's my best player available and I'm taking them there. So uh, I still think even with the move of burrito, long story short, that you can still draft ETN if he's there sitting, you staring in the face at 30 and you don't think you're, he's going to make the next round. I agree. I like what you said about the floor. I think this is insurance. I think it sets the floor for the position. There's a school of thought, and a lot of people seem to think that this move signifies that Brandon Bean meant what he said and that he's truly happy with Moss and Singletary. I've been saying it all along. I I don't agree with that. I still, still think Devin Singletary's time with this team, I think he's, I'm telling you, I think it's in jeopardy. No matter what you think. I really, truly, no matter what, even if the Bills go into the draft and they don't take one running back, if they don't take one running back, I totally could see a situation with Zach Moss and Breida with Singletary being, and I've said this a couple times, him becoming the 2019, the 2020 TJ Yeldon. They go get another running back, I could see Singletary being traded. I'm not sure how much value it would have, by the way. I mean, the best thing about him is that he's on a rookie deal and he's young, but I mean, you're going to get maybe a fifth, a sixth, if you're lucky. But then again, if they're looking to trade him, I, they're probably just going to take anything for him. I don't know. I agree with 100% with what you said. I do not think in any way, shape, or form this prevents the Bills from taking a running back. I think that this is a move for insurance in case they don't, if they can't get what they want in the draft or if somebody else in a different position that they need more that they consider equal value falls to them, they could take a corner or defensive end, or an interior lineman, or or whatever position, if all things are equal, the only way I think the Bills are going to take a running back in the first round is if that player is just head and shoulders better than whatever the highest rated corner they got is on the board. You know, if all things are equal, I don't think they will take a running back. But if that running back is noticeably better than that corner or that defensive end, I do think they'll take running back. So I don't think this move changes that that much, but it definitely provides insurance. by the way, the Levi Wallace comp, that, that's an excellent one. I agree with that 100%. Yeah, I just, I think Brandon Bean's been pretty honest when asked about strategies. He doesn't come out and give you all the details of the strategy, but he's pretty honest. And he's talked about 
both how he attacks free agency and his views on the draft and preparation for the draft and how he views free agency is to fill the holes, to prepare for the draft. And they run through numbers of simulations. He's talked about that time. They're going through mock drafts, just like we're going to practice here tonight over and over again and keeping track of that data. So Brandon Bean knows at this point, roughly where he's just like we think these positions are going to line up. He's given himself every opportunity to fill this roster with the best possible formula of value at pick. Whether that's going to be trading up, we don't know. Trading down, we don't know. They're putting values on these targets and they're going to attack it. And I'll tell you, I think that both those running backs, Etienne and Harris, are both first round grade players. And if you have first round grades on those guys and they're on the board and say Eric Stokes is there and you have a second ground, maybe a mid second, late second round grade on him. I don't know that the the difference between running it with Levi Wallace for the year and maybe picking up a cornerback later or keeping the running back room the way it is or or reverse getting a Harris. I think the getting a player, a first round talent running back like that outweighs settling for corner because the value is higher. If that makes sense. It does. And here's the number one rule that I think I've arrived at personally, at least anyway, considering the bills are a, 13 and three team right now on the cusp of being, well, they are a Super Bowl contender on the cusp of going to the Super Bowl. I should say to me, rule number one is this, your first pick. I think he needs to have significant impact this year. And that's where I give the edge to a Travis ATN or Williams or Harris, maybe any of those three guys, to be honest with you, as opposed to the other positions that I said, I wanted to spend a few minutes talking about here. And that's the interior offensive line and the interior uh, defensive line, like defensive tackle. There's a couple good guys and we'll talk about them. The pro to me, like if the Bills were to draft Landon, we we got Landon Dickerson last week in the second round, but let's just say the Bills were really interested in him at 30. The pro is that's a guy who's going to take either Morse or Feliciano spot within a year. By 2022, you could write down in pen that he's going to be a starter. That's good. Rookie contract for five years for an offensive lineman, that's really good. Or on the other side of the ball, it could be a defensive tackle. The downside is, I don't think, and maybe I'm wrong, I don't think you're going to get a guy that's going to make a big 2021 impact on this roster as of right now, as things stand. Now, an injury could change that. Does that make sense to you? Like if you were to draft a guard in the first round right now, where's he going to play in week one? Or if you take a defensive tackle, how many snaps is he going to get? in week one. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of the conundrum for me and why I keep going back to if the running backs there, man, I, I really like the running back. Yeah, it's definitely running backs, a higher need than a number of positions that are needs in my opinion. And when you talk about, especially at the top of this draft value for the reasons you mentioned, I think a guard could come in day one and take Feliciano's job. I, I'm not impressed with John Feliciano at all. I think he is who they signed him to be originally. I think he's a, journeyman interior offensive lineman he's probably slightly below average i think overall in uh his career i think he can start i don't want him i would like to be better than that at the interior line ford i think there's definitely a case for that too but i think we don't know who he is yet i'm willing to give him some time to develop into a guard and see if he's going to be something feliciano this is another one this is another room where I'm comfortable because of the the success they had last year going into the season with Ford and Feliciano. I would rather upgrade one of the two and either kick Feliciano over and give Ford time to continue to develop or have Feliciano be a backup swing interior lineman. And if that falls at 30, those guys don't prevent me from taking that guy and put him in it as the day one starter to lose his job. I don't think Feliciano's contract guarantees that he's going to be the starter for this team. If there was any way uh, Elijah Vera Tucker started falling in this draft, like we've seen crazy stuff on draft night where guys you think should be top 15 slide a little bit. If he started to slide into the twenties, I would seriously consider Brandon being getting aggressive and moving up for a guy. If you could tell me we could leave this draft with a guy that's going to be our interior lineman for the next 10 years and probably play at a pro bowl, all pro level for 10 years. Sign me up every time. I'll do that 100 times out of 100. So if they if they have a chance to get a guy like that, aggressively move up, I would do it. If, if a guy falls to them, I would absolutely do it at 30. 
Uh, but I agree with you. Defensive tackle, I think, is more of a project, right? You have star for a year. I think you still want to give Ed Oliver the chance to develop. I think he's trending the right way, contrary to a lot of people. That's more of a one, two-year, three-year project, that defensive tackle. So I agree with you there of maybe holding off there till later. Yeah, I mean, I'm all for taking a defensive tackle relatively early in the draft. But again, if I'm going to, if I'm going to pick at 30 or move up, I want a guy who's going to make an impact. You make a good point. They're not married to Feliciano as a starter, I don't think. Maybe the they are. I hope they aren't. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It's tough to say. I would say of the five starters, they're married to him the least. Right. Like, I'm, I put it this way. I'm confident. And this is why I don't and I don't anticipate us spending any significant time talking about the upper tier offensive tackles in this draft. They got Dawkins and Williams both locked up for the next few years. There's no need. There's no reason to take a tackle. But interior alignment, I mean, you make, you kind of sold me a little bit. You make a good point. I think if there's a really good talent there that they really like at 30, then maybe you do take them. Not over the running back, though. I just, I consider, I continue to say, to me, a running back isn't just a running back. It's a weapon. And I also continue, and maybe it's a hill that I guess I'm just going to have to die on, but I just don't believe in Devin Singletary. I really don't, man. And I don't know why. I don't know why. I can't give you a good explanation. I just feel like there's something this organization sees or doesn't see in him. If if they don't do anything at running back, I think Zach Moss is far and away going to get, if they both stay healthy, I think Zach Moss will become, I don't want to say completely the feature back because it's not that kind of running attack and offense, but I think he's going to be much more prominent this year than Devin Singletary. There's another scenario that... Could possibly. I've been talking to Eric Turner over at Cover One, and he doesn't. I'm not going to put out uh, that he like loves Antonio Williams like a lot of people did after that Miami game, but he likes some of the traits from Antonio Williams that shows up. And I could see a scenario where the Bills get comfortable enough with him this summer and say he's the type we're looking for. He might not produce at the level uh, a higher end guy would, but we think we can develop in house to get him to produce where he's at. Uh, and I could see a scenario where he outplays Singletary this summer and that's the move they make it, is not bringing anybody in, but moving somebody up. I could see a scenario out playing out like that too. So another thing to keep an eye on with some of these camp battles are going to be excited, but running back's going to be, if Singletary's on the roster head into camp, running back's going to be a lot of fun in camp with Moss, Singletary and Antonio Williams pushing Christian Wade gets a lot of burn on social media. I don't think he'll have much of a, chance in the raise of making the team, but that's okay. And then, no, but he could be on the team for another year now because I I think they, they gave him an extra year with that exemption. Yeah. Well, (laughs) you know, if, if I play the other side of the fence, like I've been here for weeks and weeks and weeks now telling you that I want, I'd love to get a running back at 30 that I'm not high on Singletary, but that's just my opinion. Really, frankly, who gives a shit about my opinion? Sure. Playing the other side, you you, you, you could, well, you can make a very fair case if I'm wrong that you could like what the Bills have at running back right now. Devin Singletary's still young. He's only going in the year, what, three? Zach Moss is only going in the year two, and he didn't even have a full rookie season last year. Matt Breida does have a skill set. I mean, he had a couple nice games with Frisco in 2019. I have no idea why Miami didn't decide to use him. I, I don't know. I don't follow Miami enough to really have a, an informed opinion on that. But he's at least sure. got a skill set. and. I like Antonio Williams too, so I agree with Eric Turner. It's tough to say because, yeah, it was Miami, and but Miami had to win that game, man. That was a playoff game for Miami, and the Bills. It was not a playoff game. It was just running wild, man. Maybe we'll get a look. Yeah, maybe the Bills don't do anything in running back. Maybe they legitimately are set right now. This is the beautiful thing, man. This is and this is where I'm at. And this I've never had a more peaceful draft process than this i really don't care like i have no strong emotion for what happens at 30 most of the scenarios i've seen i'm pretty cool with like if they're gonna add a they're gonna add a good player at 30 there's no matter where you're on this roster you're either gonna be a good rotational depth piece or you're gonna be part of the future of this organization sustaining the success they've done such a good job building this roster yes there's holes but they're not like massive gaping holes when you look at what this team was a year ago and where they are in terms to their peers league wide. Like 
Kansas City's probably still better on paper than the Buffalo Bills. That's going to happen here for a couple of years. The Bills are right there. They're in that tier roster-wise, just on paper. People are excited about this team. Now you're heading into the draft. People are like getting passionate about wh- who's you, who you have to bring onto this team. I don't think what's going to put them over the top is happening in this draft class necessarily. I think they will be contributors. It's going to just be the growth of this team moving forward. That's going to continue to put them over the top. So I'm excited. None, none of this stuff is going to make me mad whatsoever with what happened. I trust them explicitly. And I'm just, I don't know. I just feel really good about where the team is. So I, I'm at peace with this draft. Like I've never been before. man. Let's take a quick break here. Man, there's some mornings where you wake up and you're just feeling ready to just pull those covers right back over your head and go back to sleep all day. We've all been there, so no judging, of course. But let's make having the most comfortable sheets the biggest reason why we're doing that. You know what I'm saying? You don't love your sheets? That's all right, because guess what? Brooklinen has you covered. What is Brooklinen, you ask? Well, let me tell you. Brooklinen was started by Rich and Vicky who also tried to find beautiful home essentials and didn't cost an arm and a leg. They didn't do that, but instead they did even something better. They found Brooklinen, which is the first direct-to-consumer bedding company, and they work directly with manufacturers to make luxury available directly to you without the luxury-level markups. That's the big thing. Brooklinen has a variety of sheets, colors, patterns, and materials to fit all your needs and all your tastes. Brooklinen has over 50,000 five-star reviews and counting. Man, I'd be lucky to have 15. They got 50,000 and counting. And they're so confident that you're going to love their products. They're going to offer a 365-day money-back guaranteed. That's right. One-year money-back guaranteed. Unbelievable. And by the way, Brooklinen is so much more than sheets. Man, they got comforters, pillows, towels, even loungewear, and so much more. You want in? Go to brooklinen.com and use promo code BUFFALO to get 25 bucks off when you spend 100 bucks or more, plus free shipping. Again, that's brooklinen, B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com, and a promo code BUFFALO to get 25 bucks off when you spend $100 or more, plus free shipping. brooklinen.com. Use promo code BUFFALO at checkout. That's a very fair point. <laughs> it is a good position to be in. And I also agree with you. I, I think there's very few players that would come in minus the top five to 10 guys, which the Bills have no shot at. Like they're not getting pits, they're not getting chased or a guy like that. But it, it kind of, I keep going back to it. A guy like ATN. I could see him being a big impact player from week one of his rookie year, whereas a lot of these other positions, I don't. But anyway, enough about that. Let's actually get into the draft now. So again, the let's refresh. Pick again. Let's pick him again. <laughs> well, we'll see. Aaron is going right now. He's simulating the other 29 teams picking in front of the Bills. This is being, being done on the draftnetwork.com. Shout out Joe Marino. Um, I, I love their software. I, I love their site. I love everything about it. Their player rankings. I spent a lot of time reading up on that. So are you, you're running it now? I am. We got a trade offer. I'm not going to take it. No trades tonight. We got a trade to move up to 11. We don't want to do that. Why, why, what in the world would it take? First of all, <laughs> what would be just for fun? Why we do that? Reject a trade, obviously. But who would be a player that would be worth trading up to 11 for that? would fit the bills. I mean, if Pitts maybe Pitts. fell all the way to 11, it's the only one I can really think of. Yeah. I mean, unless they uh, were just being incredibly aggressive to come up to try to get the top cornerback. Say you want to, you know, you want to target cornerback. You want to fix cornerback too for good. I could see a scenario where you're coming up to make sure you get the top prospect because you don't think the, drop off favors you to wait till the second round or something like that. I don't think Bean will be that aggressive in any stance move, but I think pits or to know you're going to get the top cornerback in the draft would be the reason. Okay. Yeah. 
11 would be way too much. I, I could see the Bills potentially moving up a couple spots. In this draft, Pitts goes at five to the Bengals, uh, which would be nice for Joe Burrow. And mm-hmm. uh, Sertain is off the board. Patrick Sertain, the second, is off the board at 10 to the Cowboys. So maybe you come up to 11 to get J.C. Horn because you really want him because then he goes 12 to the Eagles in this scenario. Uh, maybe you're worried and you want to come up and get Elijah Vera Tucker. He goes 16th. I think I've been seeing him on this site go right around there, 15, 16, 17. Yeah, it seems pretty consistent for him. Yeah, so if you want him, that's probably the spot you got to get up to. But you could see a draft night move of being trying to push up. I don't know what the value to get up there would cost, but one thing I'm warning some people, Brandon Bean moves up more than he moves back historically. He's not yeah. this guy. I know a lot of people like the idea of moving back and getting more picks. And you would think Brandon Bean would just be trying to acquire more value. He seems like that kind of guy, but when he's more aggressive than I think people think both in free agency, he was in on the Antonio Brown trade. Like he's an aggressive GM. When he sees something he wants, he's going to go get it. So I won't be shocked if there's a move up first round or second round uh, after they take the pick at 30 and then try to get back up to get top talent. I think they know this roster is good and it's deep. And if they can, the more 2021 contributors that they can get, that's going to maybe help put them over the top. Great point. So where are we looking right now? Now, Us. We, how many defense, how many defensive ends out of curiosity went off the board? So we haven't talked about them. Yeah. Let's take a look. Um, other big names. So yeah, JC Horn was off the board at 12. We have, uh, I'm going to butcher his name, Aziz Ojolari off the board, the edge from Georgia. Uh, then you obviously have the interior offensive line, uh, Elijah Vera Tucker off at 16. Najee Harris, a target that I like for the Bills off at 18 to the Miami Dolphins. That's going to be oh, a pain in the ass to deal with. For who was their first pick? Uh, who, who, who did they have at six? Jamar Chase. So, so they could... Man, you're looking at a potential two times a year of Javar Chase and Najee Harris. If Tua learns how to throw the ball, that'd be devastating. (laughs) Big Uh, if, but yes. Yeah. Uh, So let's see here. Travis Etienne to the Jets. Man, what a terrible day for the Bills. No repeat here. (laughs) Gets the tough run defense. Uh, All right. Let's see. Greg Newsom, the cornerback off the board, 24 to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, So another edge here, finally. I like Twitty Pay. Uh, off the board, uh, 26 to the Browns. Jalen Phillips, who just had a great 40 time today, uh, or uh, what's Monday? Edge, Miami, off the board, 27. Eesh. Jason Uwa, Edge, 28 off the board to the Saints. So a lot of the edges have gone quick. We talked about this last draft, Pat, that this might be a spot you got. We saw Joe Marino do it a yep. few weeks ago where he moved up into Move the up. 20s, I think. This might be the spot if you want the guy. I do think there's a chance there's a little bit of a run here at the end of the first round on edge. It's a premium position in the NFL. It's either going to be edge or cornerback. One of those premium positions that the Bills probably want to get in on is going to go on a run somewhere in the late teens, early 20s. And that might be a spot where Brandon Bean knows that's coming and that's where he moves up to get either the second third best edge in this draft or the second third best cornerback in this draft to make sure he solidifies one of those two. I agree. So if you got ATN gone, you got Najee Harris gone. When you said the word Jalen Phillips, I was already thinking in my mind, all right, well, that could be a, a spot that maybe you want to move up. So a they'd couple. have to jump the Ravens in this scenario. Yeah. Now, and you said Horn and Newsom were gone, two corners Yeah, that I like a lot. Obviously, so, Patrick, I'm, I'm assuming Patrick Sertain went to earlier than that. Early, yeah. He was off the board top 10. Yeah. Yeah, he's top 10 pick. So I, I really didn't spend much time thinking about him. So we do have available. Let me, throw one, let me throw one name out at you. We haven't really discussed him yet. He's not really necessarily, if you consider him a linebacker anyway, a really good fit for the Bills. But uh, Jeremiah Awusu-Koromora, the, the linebacker slash, I don't even know what you want to call him. From Notre Dame. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. He went 15th like, to the Patriots, which would be. Oh, he went. In, in the he went to the Patriots. God, yeah. all these guys I like are going to our divisional rivals, man. By the yeah, way, only Aaron. Time, Aaron's yeah. got the Aaron's got the picks in real time. I don't have access to them, so I'm kind of learning right along as everyone listening. I don't know, man. What are you looking at here then? Because again, Tucker's gone. Two of the running backs we like are gone. Um, corner. 
Caleb Farley's an interesting player because he's a top talent, but red flags, man, back surgery. He's had an ACL tear in the past. He's somebody to, yeah, uh, and he, so he's also right there off the board to the green Bay Packers right before oh. the bills pick. So he's also additionally off the board here. What we do have available um, sort of in the rankings of the draft network and where, how their board falls you have Javante Williams, North Carolina running back, Eric Stokes, cornerback at Georgia. I think the pick, that would be a super valid pick at this point in the draft. If you're going to stay at 30, if you're not going to trade back or do anything, I think you could take him and feel comfortable that you have a good chance that he's going to come in and win cornerback two year one. Uh, and then and then you have Levi to back him up or Dane Jackson, whoever wins that battle. Um Christian Barmore, Alabama interior lineman, Nick Bolton, linebacker, Missouri, Xavier Collins, linebacker, Tulsa. I think these were picks that Bills fans were really looking at before Milano signed. I have a tough time going here at 30 because you're really just sort of maybe if you get a Xavier Collins, maybe you're hedging that Tremaine's not going to work out or something. Yeah, I don't love that. I don't love that. So I'm what about not, Greg? What about uh, Gregory Rizzo, the, the defensive end from Miami? So Rousseau's here available. He's their 37th ranked player. Kadarius Tony, I know a guy a lot of Bills fans liked. Uh, I know the wide receiver room's crowded, but there's still probably some room to add a special player. Uh, Rousseau's here. I like Rousseau. He had a tough day today, uh, test-wise. So if you're a person that your board really moves around from test, the pro days is pretty tough this year. I don't know how consistent numbers really are coming out anywhere, whether good or bad. Well, uh, let's remember AJ Epinesa slid last year because you know his numbers weren't really off the charts with testing and, yeah, and stuff like that. So. I don't that that stuff doesn't matter a whole lot to me. If you're convinced on tape that the guy can do it at the NFL level, I don't need to see him run a forty to right. justify that. Like, I think if you got guys that are talented enough that are going up against big talent, which you do at the University of Miami. That you feel pretty confident if he can, if you think he can do it at the NFL level, he's going to be able to do it. So I like him there. I think it addresses a need. I think right now, kind of looking through this list, I may add some names here. Aaron Robinson, cornerback, UCF. I'm, I'd rather go with Eric Stokes at this position uh, where we're at. Creed Humphrey still available, the interior offensive lineman, Oklahoma. Uh, Landon Dickerson's obviously right there. Uh, Furmouth there, the uh, Penn State tight end. I think that's a bit of a reach where we're at here. So I, I really believe the way this board's fallen for us, it's in my opinion, it's gotta be Eric Stokes or Rousseau. And I think it's a kind of a debate to where's more value for 2021 right now. And I'd say probably cornerback. I, I would go with at this point. All right. So we're going to pull the trigger on that then. So we're going to take cornerback Eric Stokes from Georgia. But remember this might be a mistake, man, because we slept on edge last time and we never it never lined up for us again right? throughout the draft which by the way i'm glad you said that because some people are like well mock drafts are stupid well no they're not because a this allows us to have fun and some nice water cooler debate but you can bet your ass that buffalo bills their front office are having these constantly because they're going over every single possible scenario that could happen so they know how to yeah. prepare for it so that's a good point that you bring up by the way I don't love these choices at, at 30. A lot of the guys that I really liked that I thought at least some of them would be there, they were gone. Uh, so I don't know, man, doing yeah. this and maybe next week we will trade up because I didn't, I didn't like being stuck at 30 with, with what's out there. There were guys I would have moved up four or five spots for if I was Brandon Bean. But anyway, it is what it is. So we're, we're stuck with Stokes. Not stuck with. It's not like he's a shit player. He's a good corner and you brought up a good point. He probably, he's got a very good chance to, especially with a full training camp and a preseason, to beat out Levi Wallace. So he might be a starter from day one. Anyway, all right, let's so let's move on. We're here going into round two now. So the 61st pick. We got Landon Dickerson at 61 uh, the first time we did this. I, I'd be very surprised if he's there. I've been seeing him go yep. in the first round of some mocks, but we're, let me know where we're at. Yeah, so off the board after us, uh, Rousseau was gone with a 33rd pick to the Jaguars, so he's off the board. Uh, let's see any other guys we were talking about. The tight end from Penn State, Fairmouth, uh, he's off the board at 39 to the Panthers. Mm. Aaron Robinson, the cornerback, went off the board to the Lions at 41. 
Uh, Asante Samuel Jr. off the board to the Cardinals at 49. Creed Humphrey to the Miami Dolphins. They're having a pretty good draft in this scenario. I don't like yeah, that. They are. Uh, he's off the board. Let's see Landon Dickerson to the Steelers at 55. So he's gone. That's not too far if that's a guy that is going to kind of float around that pick. This is a scenario where maybe Bean moves up in the second round, five, six spots. Yeah. If, to, if, to Bean thinks like, if Bean thinks like you did and says that maybe he could beat out John Feliciano on day one, right. then this is a good move up spot. Okay, go ahead. So that's really uh, Brevin Jordan, tight end off the board, 58 to the ah. Ravens. Um, you know, this isn't a guy necessarily that I'd move up for because I think I talked about it the last time with you that you've got a project in Dawson Knox. That's an incredible athlete project that you're currently working on. I don't know if I trust Boris, the uh, Bills tight ends coach, to develop a tight end yet until he proves it with Knox. I don't know that I want to give him two projects at the same time necessarily to have to deal with. If I do, I don't think I need to trade up to get that guy. I think I could wait here and I'd be comfortable. I got killed a little bit. I posted a mock draft earlier today where I took Tommy Tremble from Notre Dame here in the second. People are like, well, that's a little rich for Tommy Tremble. And it's like, dude, look, my grade on this guy is kind of hovering between the second and third round. So if I'm happy getting him in the third, like I'm happy taking him here, I'm pretty much hovering in the third round where I'm at. I'm at the 61st yeah. pick. Like, that doesn't beat me up. I'm not going to lose sleep overnight at night if they take a guy that maybe people had a third, fourth round grade on, but they felt comfortable with him there. That's not going to make me sleep. So it happens he, every year too. Aaron, guys are graded on on these websites in the fourth round and their early second round picks. Dawson Knox was one of these guys. We, when yeah. the Bills took him there, everyone was like, whoa, that wasn't where my grade was on him. So mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not super worried about that. He's available, according to the Draft Network, he is right here. So he's at the 67th pick uh, or 68th rank for them. So Tommy Tremble's here, Notre Dame, tight end. I think that'd be a justifiable use of this pick. They probably have to add one more guy to that position. What do they have now? Uh, Hollister, Knox, Sweeney, and Gilliam, technically, I think. Yeah, so that's- and Sal Capaccio wrote a, a good article today. And by the way, we are taping this on Monday night. So if the Bills happen to do something crazy on Tuesday, this mock draft goes to shit real quick before this drops out Wednesday morning. But let's assume they don't. Sal wrote a good article about the Bills going to start using, or they might start using more 12 personnel. Well, they have two tight ends on the field. So having a tight end early could even have more justification if that indeed ends up being the case. So what do you say, man? If you are. Yeah, if you are going to go with a tight end early, I think Tommy Tremble is the guy to go with if you want to run 12 personnel because everybody's talking about 12 personnel and saying, well, modern offense isn't just pound the rock. It's the threat to run, but you can still pass out of that. Tommy Tremble gives you the actual threat to continue to run also. And that still does have to be there in 12 personnel. You're not just going to line up in 12 and throw all the time still because you have those targets. You're going to line up in 12, and that threat to run is still going to be there with Tommy Tremble because he's a great run blocker. I think he comes in and is immediately probably right there with Hollister, if not the Bills' best run-blocking tight end. Dawson Knox struggles in that. So I think that's even a better reason to maybe wait and get this guy versus trying to get one of the other guys in the draft. Is I think he can come in right away and run block for you at the NFL level. So other guys sitting here right now maybe – that I would say this didn't fall too well in our favor. Carlos Basham Jr. edge out of Wake Forest is still sitting there. Otherwise, you're looking at a lot of wide receivers, offensive tackles. There's a couple linebackers here in our graded area. So I think anywhere really uh, the way this has fallen for us outside of Tremble is seeming a little bit of a reach where we're at right now. Um Unless I missed uh, Fitu Milanofu, or however you say it, Milafonwu, my guy yeah. uh, Fitu Milafonwu is still there. He's available at seventy-eight. So if you, but we've went, we've, we've already, already we've gone already cornerback. Corner. But I'm saying if we went a different right. way at this point, he's sure, and he's the only one. There's no other cornerbacks on. Sean Wade would be the next one. He's the eighty-eighth ranked. So I, I think this comes down to a decision for you. I would say probably either Basham, the the edge from Wake Forest, or Tremble, the tight end from Notre Dame. I, I personally, I, I think those would probably be the two best fits. I like everything you said about Tremble. 
I also remember last week when we waited too long for a defensive end, we ended up kind of whiffing yeah. and striking out. And I really think the We're Bills. Yeah, I, I think that's the right move because, again, maybe he doesn't play all that much as a rookie, but he will. And uh, it's a good pick for now, and it's a, it's a good pick for the future. And I just think that's a better value. We address a need that because of simulations, and this goes to your point earlier, that guarantee you Brandon Bean and his team of analysts and data dudes are doing thousands of different types of mock drafts from the draft network and from PFF and their own internal systems. And they're running tons of mock drafts to get as much data on this stuff as they possibly can. And so that's why it's good here for us to go through this data and see how this falls. And I think knowing the way it went last time, edge wasn't available to us. So if we want it and it's there and even an argument, you got to be decisive and roll with it. All right, folks, you've heard us talking about this before, and we're back to talk to you about hosting your own podcast here at Blue Wire, and there's no better place to host than Blue Wire Hustle. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level, or if you want to host a podcast and you just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, you'll receive Q&As from Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks and on top of that we'll help you get your show pushed out to apple spotify google stitcher and all other listening platforms and here's the best part you could get all this for just 15 bucks a month that's the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup so if you're ready to do more than just listen to me talk about the bills and the savers then make your voice heard and hustle acceptance into the program is limited so get your application in today check out the description box for this episode to find more but again that's bwhustle.com slash join so this is a sharp turnaround from the first two rounds of our first mock where we went running back and interior offensive line today we've went corner and defensive end, we're looking on, we're looking to show up the defense. And by the way, I love Tommy, Tommy Treble. I'm, I'm a Notre Dame guy, so I seen him play plenty, and I would have been happy with that pick. But I just think based on what we saw last week and what's likely to come in these rounds, if you don't get defensive end in that round, I'm not sure that you're going to get anybody who's going to do anything for the team in 2021. So that's why I like Basham. All right, so now we're on to the third round. Yep. So we're in the third round. Our guy, Tommy Tremble, goes to the New York Jets. Uh, unfortunately, it's 66. So they get a weapon there. Uh, now we took Tyler. We took Tyler, we took Tyler Shelvin the first week. And I would say if he happened to be there, I, I would feel like the discussion's over because I'd be running to him again. But anyway. Yeah, so let's see here. Afitu is off the board. So that would be another guy that maybe you were hoping fell. Uh, Quinn uh, Mariniz, or however you say his name, the interior lineman from Wisconsin, Whitewater, he's off the board. Another guy I'd probably be targeting here. Ben Cleveland, interior offensive lineman out of Georgia, is a guy yeah. that I think you would want to target in this area uh, and other simulations. He's off the board to uh, Cleveland, which that's crazy that Ben Cleveland would be going to play for Cleveland. And also they'd have two really good interior offensive linemen. So now we're sitting here at 93. Uh, Nazar Ladeen is right here sitting, staring us in the face. He's still available. A lot of Bills fans like him. I'm not a big fan of the term big nickel or making that really like a, a big piece. But if you are and you really think that that's what they want, that's the guy to go get. I think um, he, and he's sitting right there ready for you. Uh, Shelvin is available. Yeah, he's still here. Interior defensive line at LSU. Tyler Shelvin's still here. Agree with you. I think I'm totally open for passing on Nazar Dean and going with that. Uh, I'm kind of cool either way. Trill Williams, if we didn't hit on cornerback yet, Trill's still sitting there. And I think that that's a worthy pick at this point. Other than that, position wise, um, we've already addressed cornerback. So there's some opportunities to go corner here. We've already addressed it. I think you go either with the safety out of Florida State or we roll it back with Tyler Shelvin, which I've done on almost every single mock at the third. Well, I don't think there's any reason to to not do it in this scenario. I think it's a really good fit. 
You know, I had Anthony Marino from Rumblings on Monday's show, and he kind of spoke at length about defensive tackle being a kind of a low-key, sneaky need. There's not a lot of proven talent there. You don't know how Starlo Tutelay is going to look this year. I mean, we hope for the best, but he has been gone for a year at Oliver, all the talent in the world, but more to prove. Phillips, Zimmer, eh, we'll see. You know, Butler, Butler, Butler almost got cut. He didn't sure. get cut. He had, took a pay cut. So I'm perfectly Jags. good with this. Those team. other guys are Jags, just uh, just other guys. Right, they're just other um, guys. I do think, I think I am big on Ed Oliver. I think Ed Oliver is going to explode once he gets a real one tech next to him. My concern, I have a little concern for Star Latulale and what that's a year off from football, how he's going to look. What if he gets hurt? There's still no one tech behind him there. So I think a guy like this that can come in and learn under Star for even a year or two while he, he develops into that rotational one tech is a guy that could replace Star Latule if they have a chance to move on from him next year or, or whatever happens with him going forward. I am totally in love with this pick. It's there every single time. So it's probably a little bit of a reach by their standards and how their boards are made. I'm totally cool with it, man. If, if I can get an interior defensive lineman that I'm going to solidify that spot for the next five, six years with a young talent, I'm doing it every time. If he's there, I'm not worried about it being a little bit of reach. Well, all right. So start to simulate and get us towards the fifth round. Again, we don't have a pick in the fourth because it was part of the Stefan Diggs trade last year. While you're loading and getting there, I'm just picturing in my mind, and I like this mock, but I'm picturing in my mind fans wouldn't be too thrilled that this was the Buffalo Bills draft only because you always want more offense. Who doesn't want more offense? We've went defense in rounds one, two, and three, which I, again, I like it. I'm just not sure that it would play too well with fans, which I mean, who cares? <laughs> it's, it's about improving your football team, not making fans happy on April 29th and April 30th. I'm sure you agree right. with that, but are you good right now? Because at this point we're going into the fifth round with our next pick. You cannot count on a fifth rounder doing anything substantial anyway, as a rookie in the, on this 2021 football team. Be good with the offense because essentially you're running it back except for Emmanuel Sanders is in and John Brown's out. For the most part, though, you're running it back with the offense. You good with that? Yeah, I am. Uh, You might hit on a guy late that is able to do some things. I don't think, like, if you draft a wide receiver early, I don't know that he comes in and takes time from any of the wide receivers that are going to get the majority of the reps outside of an injury, even if it's a high draft pick. Like, who's going to beat out? Emmanuel Sanders coming out of the draft. I'd be surprised if they like, take a wide. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't even take a wide receiver in this entire draft. They might not. I think right now uh, at that position. I like Hodgins. Brandon Bean. Yeah. I don't know what he's got. I'm excited to see if he can be a guy that sticks to the bottom of the roster here. They've added a couple of guys in the kick return game. Isaiah McKenzie. I'm not sure his job's safe, even though he came back. Like They can cut him for a little dead money hangover that they've got to take with that. So I think where he's at with that positional group is just kind of tweaking the bottom of it and trying to maybe improve that bottom part of it. But they're locked in with Stefan Diggs, Cole Beasley, Gabe Davis, and Emmanuel Sanders as the top four wide receivers yeah. and find a better group in the NFL than that. I would love to see you tell me. And you got Hodgins. Yeah. You got Jay Cumber. They signed, they brought, they brought back uh, Jay Cumber. Yeah. But those guys are all, I think those guys are all, I don't know what Hodgins going to be. Yeah. It, they could be here or not. I think they're easily replaceable. They can find guys sure. like that around the league. That top four though, I think is a special unit right now. So I don't know that you add a guy here and that automatically pushes one of those guys out. Yeah. He better be special. Um, yeah. But I do, I do think there's a chance to take, a guy in this window um as far as the other offensive positions though a tight end is obviously the glaring one and then interior offensive line which isn't something that's sexy anyway in that i haven't gotten deep into looking at interior offensive linemen at this point in the draft but like we said earlier i'd be okay with feliciano and ford and taking a developmental project to see if you can hit on a guy like that over the next year, Feliciano's good enough, you know, and, and there's a couple other, you know, positional groups where you probably feel the same way. I think tight end, I feel fine enough to roll into the season with Hollister and Knox. Like I'm not, I don't think that you're going to get a significant 
improvement in production out of the tight end position by drafting a guy early that's not named Kyle Pitts. Uh, so I'm not necessarily in a rush to upgrade the offense. We're talking about a historical uh, Buffalo Bills historical offense from a year ago. The upgrades aren't that are needed are not substantial. If it happens to fall that way, fantastic. If you can add a huge playmaking weapon to this offense and just insert them into an already potent offense, I'm all for it. This draft didn't fall that way for us. So right. we are sitting here. We're at 161. First of two picks in the fifth. Yes. And this is a place where we've already gone edge. If you miss out on edge, not every draft simulation I've been through falls this way according to their their board. But a number of times I've come here and you're sitting here staring at Rashad Weaver, Chauncey Golston, Ellerson Smith at edge. And earlier this morning when I did a mock, I double dipped here because the, the picks are pretty close. So you're picking at 164 and 174. The guys you're looking at here are going to be here when you pick again. So I doubled up on edge and double dipped here, which I'm totally okay with doing. Uh, Brandon Bean has shown that he likes to have a number of edge players. And I think if they can get a couple guys to continue to develop that position, they would love to do it. So you're sitting here staring. Those guys are here. Um, Javian Hawkins is a speedster running back out of Louisville. That could be an interesting project for a bottom of the roster running back dude that maybe you think, Hey, we can, take that speed and turn this guy into a Tariq Cohen type and, and, you know, make him compete with Brita and see if he can be that guy in a rookie deal for us going forward. Marlon Williams is still here. I think he'll probably be there at 174 as well. Shai Smith, the wide receiver of South Carolina. Maybe you think you see enough in Shai Smith where you can turn him in, you know, get him with Beasley for a while and clean up his route running and, and get him to become a real slot threat post Beasley type of guy. You got to start looking sort of there and this is where you do it. So we're in the fifth round, probably don't need to talk about these guys too much and, and just pick more for positional need than anything. Sure. So who are you going to go with that? Uh, the first one. So let's see. I think I would be totally fine here. Double dipping on edge while the picking's good. I think you got three, four guys here that you'd be happy taking. I've been taking Rashad Weaver, uh, Pittsburgh edge more times than not, but I'm happy to switch it up and take Ellerson Smith here at 148 uh, from Northern Iowa and see if he's a a smaller school prospect that you can get the most out of and maybe you get 10, 15% of reps this year. Maybe he competes for Bam Johnson's reps. All right, well, I'm good with that. Let's take that Ellerson Smith from Northern Iowa. I'll tell you what, people are going to start to think that word thinking that this was like – you know, the, the 30th right defense in the NFL last year. We're going defense, 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 defense. But I like it, though. But you know what you need? You need a youth movement along Absolutely. this defense because they are starting to age quickly. Uh, Jerry Hughes isn't going to be here forever. He's going to go. Mario Addison is on the wrong side of 30. you got to start injecting some youth, especially along that defensive line. Yeah, defensive defense needs to improve. The offense just, best case is if the offense is as good as it was last year, we're good. Yeah. We totally. need the defense to get a little bit better. All right. Well, 174. So we're sitting here. Again. Yeah, 174. Javion Hawkins is still here. Shai Smith is here. Uh, Marlon Williams did just go off the board to the Green Bay Packers. So he's off the board for you uh, there, which I think this is where we got him last time. So still right around the same spot for him. Uh, Shaka Tony, the edge out of Penn State, still here. But we've dipped edge now twice. So we're probably not going to break three guys in, just numbers game-wise. A sneaky bit of a need, I think, where you could draft here is uh, safety. So, uh, Divine we did that last time. Divine Dablo is here. Um, yeah, I don't think he was here last time. So, I'd be happy doing that. Jarrett Patterson's here, the running back out of Buffalo. I'd be happy taking a wire, a, a waiver on him at this point in the draft. Uh, that's about it where I'm at right here. So, I don't know if anything. Sounds fancy to you. Do you want to go safety again with a different prospect or? Yeah, I think safety's, a, I think they haven't resigned. As of now, they haven't resigned Dean Marlowe. He's still out there. So and they got to the find that. You want? Yeah, they got to find a guy. So we'll go safety because Dean Marlowe, unfortunately, is one snap away from playing substantial reps. And I don't know if John, Jaquan Johnson's that guy. Maybe they feel comfortable that Johnson can be Dean Marlowe going forward. But I'd like to find somebody here in these fifth, sixth, seventh round to at least compete you know, and make that last roster spot for safety something, or maybe it's even a guy that you keep on your practice squad, you know? Yeah. So what are we going to go with? Who's the pick? So we already did it. So yeah, let me go back there. So we went with divine. I think it's 
Diablo uh, out of Virginia Tech. I wish they had enunciations next to some of these names uh, on all websites because I always screw up. <laughs> dude's names, dude. I'm terrible at figuring out the enunciation of a name. So, uh, Divine Diablo from Virginia yeah. Tech. Okay. Well, that, that concludes the fifth round. So, we still got two more picks, though, to go. Yes. So, um, all right. So, we're in the sixth round now. 213. 213. Yeah. Jared Patterson's still sitting here. Uh, Is he really? Yeah. I would be totally content taking here. I think if you were going to go for a wide receiver to just see if you could push the bottom of that room up a little bit. Cornell Powell is uh, here from Clemson. I, I really like him a lot. I think he's built real nice for the NFL to come in and, and play immediately. Uh, again, another name I'm going to butcher here, but uh, Amir Smith Marset from uh, Iowa is a prospect that I've seen linked to the bills a number of times. Haven't got to watch tape too much on him. Saw some highlights. I, I like what he brings. Jalen Darden, speedster out of North Texas, is here at this spot. So if you wanted to go wide receiver for a developmental guy to push the bottom of that roster, this is a good spot to take it. Totally happy to walk away with Jared Patterson here and have him compete and maybe sit on your practice squad for a year. Yeah, he, he reminds me of Devin Singletary in a way. Hey, I, I like him a lot. I don't hate it. Uh, I, no. I think this is a guy that you could probably – Bring him in. I think fans would probably like him maybe more than the league does. And this could be a guy that you sneak back on your practice squad for a year and let him kind of learn. And I think he is a guy that can come in and be a pretty good running back three in the NFL going forward. Side note, I had him on my show. And the next days when he went and smashed those records earlier this season, I I wish he would have stayed in school another year. You think? Project Based on where he's going in the draft, but at the same token, your physical attributes are your physical attributes. So maybe even if he stayed, he really didn't have anything to gain. I don't know. I would like to to assume that he's gotten better guidance and advice that uh, an idiot podcaster can, can possibly give him. I don't know, though. I just I envisioned him based on what he was doing in college and his skill set. I have a hard time understanding why, whether it's him or anybody for that matter, would go in the NFL draft. And from what I've seen on rankings and mocks and stuff like that, this is about where he's going. Maybe as high as four and as low as six or even seven. Again, picked in the sixth round still pays more than playing at UB at the end of the day, you know, like, and well, getting, getting picked in the fourth round next year gets pays more than getting paid in the sixth. It does, but the there's sixth. just as good of a chance that you can kill your value uh, yeah, with a bad, a, a bad season and injury. I think for some of these guys, I get it that it's hard to turn down the opportunity to get into the NFL and then prove yourself there and see if you can get multiple contracts, which we've seen from a number of fifth, sixth round running backs. Uh, has He's happened. a smart kid too, man. I, yeah. I enjoy talking to him. I'll, I'll be rooting for hell. Like a he'll be in the NFL goes. for a while. He'll get a few checks in the NFL. I hope I think. so. Man. I think he'll do pretty well for himself. So I hope so. Uh, we are still saying, so we're sitting here at 236. Wide receiver still on the board here. Last pick for the Bills coming up here. Yeah, so, yeah, we're seventh round here. I'd be happy in the seventh round taking Cornwall Powell uh, or Cornell Powell and Jalen Darden are sitting here staring me in the face. I'd be totally happy taking a wide receiver here to bump up the bottom of that room. And, again, maybe a guy you just keep on your practice squad going forward just in case. I think the same could be said for sort of any of these cornerbacks sitting here that I, I'd be okay with bringing another guy and see if he's going to be a special teams or type of contributor that can be on the practice squad and help my scout team get ready and stuff like that. But that's where I'm at with this pick. What do you think? Go wide out or cornerback? I like it. Uh, I like I like the receiver. All right. And in, in this spot, it got nothing to lose. I, mean, I, from from, I, I feel like you can't go wrong with Clemson kids. So which one is that? That it's, is um, Cornell Powell, wide receiver, Clemson. All right, I'm kind of writing this down. All right, so we're going to recap our picks here. Here we go. First round, we took Eric Stokes, corner yep. from Georgia. In the second round, 61st overall, we took Carlos Basham, defensive end from Wake Forest. In the third round, for a second straight mock, we took Tyler Shelvin, a defensive tackle from LSU. In the fifth, we took Ellison Smith, a defensive end from Northern Iowa. Back in the fifth again, we took Divine Diablo, a safety from Virginia Tech. In the sixth round, we took the hometown boy, or at least the hometown college boy anyway, Jared Patterson from UB. And then in the seventh round, we took 
Cornell Powell, receiver from Clemson. All right, so five picks. First five picks, I should say. Yeah. All defense. What do you think the reception would be if this happened for real? I think you would get some fans that are antsy for offense and would say, oh, you didn't address that because that's just how the world is. And Twitter's people want to take a stance on the other side of something. But I think logically for the Bills, this doesn't hurt my feelings to have the first five picks go on the defensive side of the ball for the reasons we touched on here tonight that I think you need an injection of youth across every unit of the defense. So uh, I would like to get some youth at safety, interior, defensive line, out on the edge. I'd like some youth. Uh, probably middle linebacker and cornerback is the only spot you don't need it, but you can really never have enough cornerbacks. And you have to address cornerback too at some point. So I like the idea of going at 30 or 61, somewhere in those top 100 picks of the draft. I feel like the Bills have to walk away with somebody to compete with Dane Jackson, Levi Wallace for that cornerback too, or just walk in day one and take it from them. So I think early in the draft, you have to attack defense anyway, and I'm cool with adding all this youth. Once you get past that third round, dude, I don't know who you're adding to the offense that's going to come in and make 2021 production anyway. So you're talking about just about over half of the Bills draft assets aren't going to be guys that, unfortunately, because the offense is so good, they're going to make a huge impact going forward or even even have a chance to make the team. Like Anyone you draft on offense in the rounds – five and five through seven these are guys that are probably going to be on the practice squad and not on the active game day roster like these aren't going to be guys that step into this stacked offensive team right away yeah i can see nate geary bitching about it on wgr on saturday at like noon he bitches by about everything, though. i know he was, but by 130 he probably would end up loving it yeah he'd be fine it's a very it's yeah it's a practical draft i as i look at it and it kind of sinks in a little bit and i think this is how it would play with a lot of fans too. You got a guy who's probably going to be a day one starter opposite of Trey White. Cause I believe if you take a corner at 30, I think he starts. Yeah, start him, yeah. Don't take, if you, if you're taking a corner at pick 30 and he's not beating out Levi Wallace, you probably shouldn't take a, a corner at 30. Then that's just my attitude. And that's not a, you know, I'm not completely dismissing Levi Wallace's garbage, but if you take a corner in the first round, he should be able to beat out Levi sure. Wallace. That's I what agree. I'm saying. Yeah. And then Sean McDermott's philosophy, dude, and we've seen this for a few years, he loves to rotate those defensive linemen. Now you got two quality players. Yeah, they're not going to start, but they're going to contribute. Yeah. They're going to contribute. Even the starters, what do they play, like 60%, 63% of the of the snaps on the defensive line? So these guys will get plenty of reps. Might push some people out, which, good. I mean, that's what it's supposed to be for. I really don't have a take, to be honest with you. Once you got to the fifth round, I'm like, oh, okay, who do you got, who do you got? And I'm just writing it down, I'm... I'm not at the point where I could tell you anything really significant about Ellerson Smith or, or divine Diablo. You know, I, well, I know Jared Patterson or Cornell Powell. I, I, I just don't know. To me, but, I'm, I'm with you that my, I have not done where I have grades on these players or have a full understanding of how you're going to use them for me. in this part of the mock is more philosophy. How are you going to use these picks and what do you envision? I mean, that's why it's nice to talk it out here with you and say, okay, so you get a, an edge in Basham earlier, you probably expect some production out of him, get Smith later on, and maybe he pushes Bam Johnson. Maybe he's a practice squad player for a year or two, and he's your developmental guy. That's why it's nice to talk it out. It's more of a philosophy thing than I love this player. Yeah, I'll tell you, if this were to draft, and I look at the Bills roster as it stands right now, the one thing I would look at, and I'd be like, I'd like to see the Bills do, maybe before the draft or after, it makes it circles me all the way back to, I wouldn't mind trading for Zach Ertz when I look at the way this played out. Yeah, I think they're going to add another tight end. I, I really, truly do. Whether it's a draft or whether it's another free agent or whether it's a trade, I really think that they're going to get They're not going to move tight the 2021 20, third for oh, Zach Ertz. No. And no, that's no, no, what no, it no. sounded like. No. So unless no, no, the no. Eagles value comes down by the draft, it, and they're saying, I think okay, we'll take the fifth. I, I could see them taking a fifth and a fourth or maybe sure. two fifths or something like that, a fifth this year and a and maybe a fourth next year or something like that or two, a fifth next Some year. conditional fifth pick year. or something. Yeah, yeah, something like that. I could still see that coming around where the Bills, um, where they make a play for him or maybe a, a tight end that I don't know about, but I still see them doing something at tight end. I think running back is done unless they get an ATN Harris 
or Williams in that first round, or maybe they move up, or maybe they move up in the second round because you said this, and Bean is known for that. Maybe they take a corner at 30, and then maybe they move up to 36 or something like that, something crazy or whatever, or maybe in the low 40s if one of those guys happen to fall. It's going to be interesting, though, but don't like the way the bills draft without trades lines up. I would love to either. I want to leave with less picks, right? I, I don't want to come out of the draft with what do they have? The uh, six picks, seven picks. They have seven picks. I don't want to leave with seven new Buffalo bills. I'd like to leave with five, four, right? Player seven ain't making and, there ain't going to be seven rookies ain't making this team. There's yeah. no shot that's happening. And maybe a couple of them I move up. Maybe I use 61 and 93 to move up substantially and get back up into the top 50 and take two top 50 players and then, you know, ride out with the rest of my, you know, maybe these guys are practice squad players for the rest of the draft. But I know I'm getting two guys in 2021 that are going to come in and help this team that's Super Bowl ready take that next step. I think my biggest takeaway from this draft is exactly that. I, I also didn't like the way this played out. There were a handful of guys that I was hoping would be there. Jalen Phillips. Sure. And these are guys who went not long before the bills were on the clock. Totally. Travis ATN, who we took the first time. Um, Phillips, Greg Newsom's a corner that I like. So those guys all went first. So anyway, next week we will definitely incorporate a trade or two, because if something comes up and you want to jump on something, I want to give you the opportunity to do that. But anyway, Thank you to everyone out there listening. Thank you, Aaron. Always fun, man. Got anything you want to say? I'm going to give you the last word. Yeah, no, I think many ways this can unfold uh, for you. You're either going to get a bunch of guys that you think they're going to come in and produce in 2021, or you're going to end up with a draft similar to this, where maybe you get one guy that really produces in 2021 and the rest of it's going to be development. So that's it. Have fun with it. Go out and mock and post them on Twitter and don't care what people say. It's a fun time. Peace out, everybody.